Good morning, friends. It's very good to be back here with you. We enter into this time and this place to join our hearts and minds together. We come to this place, the doors open, the heat comes on, biscuits are laid, the water heats, and you all come. What is it that we come here seeking? Many things, too many to mention them all. Yet it is likely that some common longings draw us to be with one another. To remember what is most important to us in our lives. To be challenged to live more truly, more deeply. To live with integrity and kindness, with hope and love. To feel the company of those who seek a common path, to be renewed in our faith, in the promise of this life, to be strengthened and to find the courage to continue to do what we must do, day after day, world without end. Even if your longings are different than these, you are welcome. Even if you don't have the strength and the courage to pass along, you are welcome. You are welcome in your grief and in your joy to be within this circle of companions. We gather here. It is good to be together in this physical space and online. And to wave to our community that comes into this space through the marvels of technology. The opening words that I, I, I spoke were written by a good friend of Jane and um, of me, Reverend Linda Hart. Welcome all those of you who have gathered for our Sunday service. For those who don't know me, my name is Michael Allured and I'm the minister with Golders Green Unitarians. Whoever you are, however you are, wherever you are, know that you are welcome with us, just as you are. I hope that 
each and every one of you finds something of what you need in our gathering today. Many of us make New Year resolutions and most of the many, according to research, have left them behind by this point in January. As there's another week of January remaining, I invite us to ponder what kind of resolutions feed us and do us good. So today's service is an invitation to us all to reflect on the theme of resolutions, restful ones. Let's now take a few moments to settle ourselves, be touched by stillness. We concentrate this time and space with our presence and our intention. So perhaps you all might put down anything that you don't need to hold on to. Let's take a breath. And as we breathe, let us release anything that's stopping us from being fully present. Any preoccupations or distractions that we're carrying, let's lay them to one side for this time we have together. We light our chalice flame. For centuries, people have told stories, celebrated life, and approached the ultimate while gathering around the fire. Today, we light this chalice that the half fire of our hearts may be rekindled that our stories may be retold, that we might celebrate life anew, and that we might approach what is of ultimate and lasting value to us. And so we have lit our chalice flame as we do each time we gather. This simple ritual connects us in solidarity with Unitarians and Unitarian Universalists across the world. It reminds us of the proud and historic progressive religious tradition of which we are Our chalice connects each of us to
to what is of greatest worth, one flame, one light, celebrating that we are here, that we belong together, and we are all truly welcome. A chalice is lit. Let's sing together now. Our first hymn, number 35, is in our purple hymn book. And for those joining us via Zoom, the words will be up on screen to sing along at home. Please stand or sit as you prefer. We move now into a time of reflection, meditation, prayer, stillness. We're drawn together, all of us. Whether we're physically here in this sacred space or are gathered online, we call upon the spirit of life and love to be with us now. In our strengths and our fragility, we gather to be still with the mystery within and the mystery beyond. Spirit of love and life. We have gathered again out of our separateness to know that we're not alone. In our fears, we are not alone. In our grasping for peace, 
finding it in fleeting moments and losing it again to some turmoil of the mind or heart. We are not alone. In our cynical moments and our wanderings, is this all there is? Is this the best we can do? We are not alone. In our pain, we are never completely alone. In darkness, there is compassion, given that is to be found in the world. In despair, there is comfort if we can only help each other towards it. In doubt, there are those random acts of kindness that restore us through glimmers of goodness that are like beacons to guide our way. For all this, we give thanks. Willing to be held here in an immense and eternal love whose origins we do not know, whose reality is irreducible. It calls us on. It reaches between us and fills the spaces. It consoles us in the moments of grieving and calms us when we're anxious. It gives new vision to eyes dimmed by tears and exhaustion. It opens the ear to deeper truth. It makes a place in the heart for hope. Let us rest in this peace and be held here. Mark the Time by Max Coots. For a special occasion, when love is felt or fear is known, when holidays and holy days and such times come, when anniversaries arrive by calendar or consciousness, when seasons come as seasons do, old and known, but somehow new, when lives are born or people die, when something sacred sensed in soil or sky, mark the time. Respond with thought or prayer or smile or grief. Let nothing living, life or leaf, slip 
between the fingers of the mind. For all these are holy things we will not, cannot find again. Thanks, Brian. We're moving now into a time of meditation. I'm going to share some words from Edwin C. Lynn to take us into a few minutes of shared silence. Then we'll hear some soothing meditation music from Peter. So once again, let us do what we need to do to get comfortable. Just our position. If we need, put the feet flat on the ground and steady yourself. Maybe close your eyes. The words and music are an offering. Feel free to use this time to meditate in your own way. Spirit of the universe, God of our hearts, known by many names, draw near to us now. Words tell us of our thoughts. Silence helps us hear our deeper feelings. In silence, we sense the rhythm measures of all life in the slow, repetitive rhythm of our bodies. In silence, we feel the ebb and flow of life's breath as waters and wavers of the larger ocean in which we all live. In silence, we sense a larger spiritual presence of which we are all part. And in this silence, we know that it is the human touch that gives us the larger journey, its meaning. Amen.
New Year by Robert T. Weston. Last year is gone. It matters not when it began, for it is ended now. There were other years, and some began with a birthday, and some with a death, some with one day of the month, and some with another. Some began with a song, and others with a lament. But today, three weeks into this still fresh calendar year, I start another year, whatever the month or season. It is what lies before me that concerns me now. There will be decisions and tasks. There will be drudgery, achievement and defeat. There will be joy and grief. All the raw stuff of appearance waiting for me to shape, to fashion as I will. And it will never become just what I planned. However, it may appear to others, I can turn it to knowledge and wisdom or folly. It is hard, I can make of it strength. If it become bone, sinew and steel or ashes and waste, some might say it all depends what the year may bring. But what I make of it depends on me. Thank you, Juliet. Our two readings. Did you make any New Year resolutions? Or do you not bother with them? Because within weeks or even days, they're broken. I saw some recent statistics. It seems that 9% successfully keep their New Year resolutions. 23% of people quit by the end of the first week of January, 64% after the first month, according to a study with Australian and UK citizens. So do you make resolutions at the turn of the year? I'm usually in the don't bother category, partly because it feels so artificial and also because the new year resolutions my mother announced every January usually only made it into one or two days, never beyond the 31st of January. My resolutions tended to be about self-denial or guilt and her attempts to embrace them were half-hearted. This year though, I've been inspired. For my 2023 New Year resolution, I'm going to embrace the benefits of rest. And I have done since 
the beginning of January. I've adopted the resolution as a daily spiritual practice, and I invite you to find ways to do likewise. Resolving to make time in the day to rest the mind and the body came to me as in that half awake, half asleep state, I heard distant voices and disjointed words coming from Radio 4 on Boxing Day morning. The words were rest cure, relaxes, the brain activity, lowers cortisol, music, moonlight sonata, Beethoven, shifts brain, find two or three activities, body, Sabbath, space, permission, Ten Commandments. All these words drifted in and out of my head as I lay in that half awake, half asleep state that I'm sure we all know. I was able to have a rest over Christmas and I realized how tired my body and my mind were now that I could finally pause and acknowledge the exhaustion. I slept for a fair few hours over the Christmas period, as well as nights, but still had the feeling of tiredness on waking as January kicked in. The words coming from the radio stirred me from my slumbers eventually, and I realized the voices came from Woman's Hour, the Woman's Hour studio, and that they were all about taking, taking rest, the importance of rest. I was meant to hear this, I thought, a light bulb moment. What a useful, no essential new year resolution for me perhaps for you too it's not too late it's still january so my new year message is to make restful resolutions getting enough rest is essential not only for our physical health but for our spiritual and psychological well-being as parker j palmer a world-renowned writer speaker and activist once said and you may have heard these words uttered by sarah tinker self-care is never a selfish act it is simply good stewardship of the only gift I have, the gift that I was put on earth to offer others. Anytime we can listen to our true self and give it the care it requires, 
we do so not only for ourselves, but for the many others whose lives we touch. The importance of rest is a religious idea, of course, going back thousands of years. In the story of the creation, the Old Testament God takes a day off. After working for six days, the seventh, the Sabbath, was a time of restoration for being with the community, with family, with friends. It gave us time and space for reflection. Reflection on our blessings and to find lost perspectives to gain strength. When the Old Testament prophet Elijah fled exhausted into the wilderness in fear of his life and paused by his pursued by his would-be killers he wanted to give up and to die he was so tired and exhausted until so it's told an angel brought him water and food rested and refueled he pressed on with renewed hope. After carrying all the burdens and cares of daily tasks to be done, even those that we enjoy, we need a period to do the things that nature requires us to do, to nurture our whole selves, mind, body, spirit that could be taking time to share food around a communal table as some of us do frequently it could be going for a solo morning swim in an open air pond it could be gardening or listening to or playing music doesn't matter it doesn't matter what it is it could be doing absolutely nothing but it doesn't have to be above all we need time for each other most of us here will recall that spreading our work across whole seven days is a relatively new way of living we've forgotten as a society that rest is the gift that we are given and we should not feel guilty for accepting it or feel that there is something more useful that we could be doing no by keeping the sabbath we are given permission to rest it's necessary and its necessity was understood and built into the weekly rhythm in an intentional way in today's consumerist money orientated society i think we've lost some of that intentionality 
for our own physical and emotional and spiritual well-being, we really do need to reclaim being intentional about rest. The author and psychologist Claudia Hammond has written about its relative benefits, its restorative benefits indeed, improved memory and cognitive function, our physical and psychological well-being. It's not a weakness and it's not a selfish act. Even world-class Olympians need their bodies and minds to be rested to achieve peak performance. So do we. So rather than feel guilty about sitting down for a breather, we should perhaps reframe the time with intentionality. We might even begin to think of rest as an act of worship, accepting it with gratitude as the gift it is. It could be reading, walking in nature, choosing just to potter at home, taking time to release ourselves from flight or fight mode by relearning how to breathe. By the end of Boxing Day Woman's Hour, I had fully woken up to hear Claudia Hammond gifting to listeners the idea of a rest box. Put into it, she suggested, all of the things that you associate with rest. Furnish it with two or three activities and you, that you know will help you when your mind is whirring. It can be a physical box or a virtual one, but it's all yours, all yours to retreat to, even if it's only for a snatched few micro breaks during the day. Rest is worshipful. A worshipful act for restoring the self and finding the strength to give to each other. Rest helps us to hear our deeper feelings. Through it, we are better able to sense the rhythmic measures of all life in the slow, repetitive rhythm of our bodies. To feel the ebb and flow of life's breath amidst the wave of the larger ocean in which we all live. Rest is as important as water to our whole selves, even if our world is a single room. Through rest, we sense a larger spiritual presence of which we are all part. So my friends, I invite you to go and this week 
enjoy creating your own rest box, real or virtual, and then come back and share with us, your friends, its benefits. So be it. Blessed be. Amen. Thanks to Michael for leading our worship today. Thank you to Ramona for tech hosting and for um, Charlotte's co-hosting today. Thank you to Peter for playing for us and Brian and Juliet for reading. For those of you who are, who are here in person, Patricia, who's in the kitchen, will be serving refreshments after the service if you want to stay for a chat. Um, and thank you again, um, Juliet, for greeting. There will be a virtual coffee on Zoom with Charlotte too, so do hang around for a chat if you're able to. We have various small group activities for you to meet up, and there are still spaces left for heart and soul gatherings online on Sundays and Fridays at 7 p.m. And this week's theme is taking pictures. So please email Jane if you want to sign up for that. It's a great way to get to know people more deeply. Coffee Morning is online at 10.30 on Wednesdays if you want to come and set the world to rights. And our um, service next Sunday will be hybrid once again, and Jane will be back. With a little help from Reverend Laura Dobson of Chalton Unitarians, and she's a regular at um, Heart and Soul, so some of you will know her well. Laura will be joining us via video to share her thoughts on kindling our sacred flame to tie in with the festivals of Imolk and Candlemas that are coming up quite soon. Looking a little further ahead, you can save the date for the in-person poetry group, which returns on Wednesday, the 1st of February, and do speak to Brian if you want to find out more. And the Green Spirit Group, which are meeting online on the 2nd of February to celebrate Imok. Um, you can email Sarah to sign up for that. And details of all our events are on the back of your order of service, or, and they're also in the Friday email. Our congregation very much has a life beyond Sunday mornings, so we encourage you to keep in touch, look out for each other, and do what you can to nurture supportive connections. And I think that's everything that I need to let you know, so I will hand back to Michael now for our closing words of benediction. Our closing words as we go back into a world of business, may we look to this day and to all of our days to find the moments of rest that we need, 
to do the work that we are called to do in the world and in our communities. May the deeds that we do with our hands and the words that we speak with our lips and the thoughts that we think with our minds and the things that we feel with our hearts be at all times worthy of the divine spark within us. Blessed be and thank you for being here in person and online. And most particularly, thank you to readers and all of the technical wizardry that has gone on. And thank you to my dear friend, Jane Blackall, for inviting me. Thank you.